in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter number 13 this morning for just a little while. Uh, we need the rain and uh, I'm glad it's rained. I tell you, it was getting dry over at my house and I'm glad that God knows what he's doing. Well, look in your Bible, chapter 13, and we'll read just uh, five verses out of the book of Luke, chapter number 13. And uh, let me ask you something. I've had reports that somebody is on Facebook while I'm preaching while, and during the service. And um, if you've got to use your phone for the Bible, that's fine. If you want to watch Facebook, go to my office. If you want to text somebody, go to my office. If that made you mad, I really don't care. If you can't dump your phone for 30 minutes, you need to get rid of your phone. You said, you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. You're the one I'm talking to. Not your neighbor, not your brother, not your sister, to you. Because if you... Use your phone during the service for other things than the Bible. You're disrupting someone else, and we don't want to do that. Amen? Besides that, I might get in the flesh if I see you doing it. We don't want to do that. I'm too old to get in the flesh because I can't back it up. (laughs) But I've got some good friends, right, Robert? If they weigh over 300 pounds, they are my friends in this church. You got that? Please help us with that, would you please? Because it, it, is, it is disrupting to other folks. And, and believe it or not, some folk did come to listen. And they, they like to hear what, what is said. The Bible says, And there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans. Oh, a governmental leak. Somebody leaking Secure information. had not heard any of that lately, have you? And said he told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because... They suffered such things. God surely is judging that family because of the way they've lived. Surely their sins have found them out. Surely all of those Galileans that was killed because of Judas' uprising His anarchy is turning against the government. Surely, surely, they must have been wicked beyond all imagination. Suppose ye that these Galileans were hideous sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. I knew Something was going to happen to them the way they've been living. I could have told you how their kids is going to turn out. They must be 
under the judgment hand of God. And Jesus, I tell ye, tell you, may, but except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. Are those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem. I'm so glad we've got categories of sinners among us today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. They're worse sinners than we are and They're worse than we are. Thank God I'm not like them. Suppose ye. Verse 5. I tell ye. Nay. They were not worse sinners. No. Nay. But except ye. Repent. Ye shall likewise. Perish. I just, people walk into my office and they say, Preacher, my life is a total wreck. My home is a total wreck. My kids are, I mean, a total wreck. My world is a total wreck wreck. I'm like a toad frog sitting in the middle of the freeway with his hopper broken. I don't know which way to jump. Suppose ye that you're the only one like that? Nay, Jesus said. There's a problem. And that problem is S. I am. Nay, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. I've watched homes deteriorate because of sin. I've watched little kids turn outlaw because of sin. I've seen well-meaning Baptists, faithful church attenders, just Opened the door slightly and sin moved in and God moved out. Nay, Jesus said, Nay, do you suppose that the conspiracy to overthrow the government when Judas the Galilean and his followers were hemmed up and Slain, unmerciful. Were they worse sinners than everybody else? Jesus said, nay. No worse than you. And except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. Jesus knew how we think. What's really the message today? Verse 3 to 5. Except ye repent. Ye shall likewise perish. 
We are real good at categorizing sin, are we not? I said, we're real good at throwing rocks at somebody else. Uh, We're real good at uh, standing on our pharisaical platform, looking down our religious nose at people who are struggling and trying to find a way. Do not have the Bible as their rule book and does not have the Holy Spirit as their everyday source of power, does not have the Lord Jesus uh, comfort throughout the day, and we're so quick to say, boy, they better watch it. God's going to judge them. The tower's going to fall on them. The wrath of God's going to fall on them. Nay, the Bible says, oh, we all know the name Bin Laden. Saddam Hussein, Hitler, Charles Manson. We all categorize murder. Dear God, nobody that's a murderer worth much. And the rapist and the porn producers, the, the druggies, the child molesters, the wife beaters. They must be terrible, terrible, dreadful sinners. Could I ask you which sin did Jesus die for? I know somebody that's guilty of this. We probably do too, but it's not worth talking about. Really, how does the Lord categorize this sin business? Could you find your place to the last book in the Bible? To the back pages of your Bible... And Jesus helps us to clear up this matter where they were sinners. Did they receive the judgment of God? Those folks over in Galilee, those folks on whom the Tower of Siloam fell. How does Jesus categorize all of this? I want you to take your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 21 to the back of your Bible. And our Lord helps us out a little bit on this who needs repentance? Who needs salvation? Uh, who, who really needs the Lord? And I read one time, Revelation 21. Look at verse 8, if you would, please. Unless you and I take a, a real good look at that, would you please? Uh, where they were sinners. Well, Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful and the unbelievable and the abominable, the disgustable, the the, 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 the really raw kind of sinners and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. What a crowd. How would you like to spend Sunday afternoon with that bunch? Now, not watch that next one. And all liars. You know any liars? You know anybody ever told a lie? If you say no, you just told one. (laughs) Shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Suppose they were worse sinners. 
We'll let murder, we'll let liars join our church. We're not quick on whoremongers. Now we'll let liars join our church and get to be officers. We're not too on that sorcerer business. But you know what Jesus said? All of them file on the same pile. Nay, except ye do what? Repent. You say what? Likewise, perish. You know why folk walk in my office a total wreck? Sin. It may not be sorcery. It may not be whoremongering. It may not be abominable. It may not be fearful. It may be just a liar walking in my office. That Jesus said, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. You said, that is the Baptist truth. No, that's the Bible truth. Did you say, did you just come up with that? No, I think that was written long before I got here. Uh, Revelation 21, 8 explains to us what category Jesus puts us all in. Revelation 20, verse 11. Turn over there if you would please, just not far. He should say something like this, and I saw a great white throne and he that sat upon it from whose face the heavens and the earth fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the sea give them a dead within. Death and hell delivered up the death in hell. And they were judged out of those things were written in those books. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. Look what it says down in the last verse. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Nay, Jesus said, you who are in Sunday school and church today, you who have a King James Bible in your lap, we're all going to get to heaven the same way. And that's through Jesus Christ. And he shed blood at Calvary. None's better than anybody else. None are perfect. We're just forgiven. The difference in me and that one that's going to hell is I'm a saved sinner and he's a lost sinner. I've come to Christ for forgiveness of sin. And they walk in my office week after week wanting me to come up with some psychological principle on how they can be happy and how they can be fulfilled and how they can get along and how they can raise their kids. You know how? Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I said amen. Oh, something must be wrong. That home's falling apart. Yeah, 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 sin. Something must be wrong. Those kids are not acting right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sin. Well, what can we do with it? Except you repent. Turn around. Go the other direction. Quit doing where you're doing. Going where you're going. Acting like you're acting. Talking like you're talking. Quit it. Turn around. Repent. And go the other direction. And trust God to do it for you. Rex, what do you do? 
What do you do with a wrecked life? The man that wrote Revelation, the Apostle John, wrote the book of John in your New Testament. If you would turn with me for just about 15 minutes or 10 or whatever I feel like. And if you get through four, I do, you can leave. That'll be all right. But he wrote a book that carries his name. And I turned to the book of John the other day. And I was reading the book of John with this thought in mind. My life's a wreck. My home's a wreck. Everything's a wreck. And I started reading the book of John. And as I read the book of John, I came to John 3. And I found in John 3 a religious wreck. I kept reading and I read the John 4 and I found a moral wreck. And I read on John 5, I found a physical wreck. Anybody identify with any of that? Come on, say amen. You say, I fit into one of those. You sure do. I know a lot of folks that's going to church on a regular basis and, and they are a wreck. Notice John chapter number 3. And we find a religious wreck in John chapter number 3. Now, I want to share something with you. This religious wreck is morally as white as anything you could ever imagine. He's as morally straight as the driven snow. He is so religious he walks about the community dressed in, in robes that around the border of his garment, he has scripture all around the border of his garment. Around his sleeves, he has scripture uh, written around his sleeve. Has a large key swinging from his waist as he walks through the marketplace. And this key is significant saying, I've got the key to heaven. If you want to know how to get there, just talk to me. And there was a Pharisee. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And the same came to Jesus by night <laughs> and said, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus looked at this religious wreck Faithful to church every Sunday morning, night and Wednesday. Prayed hours throughout the week. Could quote the scripture like the back of your hand. A Pharisee, a ruler, a teacher down at the synagogue. And Jesus looked at him and said, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of heaven. If anybody in the world was good enough to get to heaven without being saved, his name was Nicodemus. Well, we'd make a deacon out of that guy in no time. This guy believed in tithing. He tithed on a regular basis. But he was a wreck. His life was shipwrecked. He had no peace. He had no joy. He had no assurance. He had no security. He's on his way to hell going to church every Sunday morning. What a shame. 
To have the Bible in your hand and not have Christ in your heart. What a shame to have your name on the membership of Joshua Baptist Church, but don't have it written in the Lamb Book of Life. For whosoever is not found written in the Book of Life is what? Cast into the lake of fire. Can you say amen? God bless your heart. What do you do with a religious wreck? Nay, I say unto thee, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. Religious wrecks go to heaven the same way as all other wrecks. That's through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. We'd have visited this guy to death, try to get him to join. Amen. Come on now. Loosen up a little bit. There ain't many here, so you don't have to get worried about embarrassing yourself. You say, well, preacher, I don't need that. No, you don't need anything. Just wait till you drop dead and everything will be taken care of itself. It won't take you long to find out whether you needed to repent or not. You say, well, I don't believe that. Now, that's not going to change things much. If you don't believe that, won't you just quit believing in death? That way you won't ever have to die. Nay. Nay. Except ye repent. Ye shall likewise perish. Nick, I know you're a good guy. And I know that you live right, and I know that you have good motives. But not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, the Bible said. Many in that day will say, Lord, have we not done many good works in your name? Cast out devils in thy name? You know what Jesus said? Then I will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Nay, if I don't repent, If I don't come to Christ, I will perish and be cast into the lake of fire. But thank God one glorious day 50 years ago in Farmer's Branch, Texas, in my living room, I fell humbly to my knees at my couch and invited Christ into my heart. And things ain't been the same since. Yes, I'm saved, saved. Glory to God, I'm saved. You say, well, I go to church. That's not good enough. Because Nick went to church every service. And Jesus said, Nick, you got to be born again. Got to be. Preacher, I don't understand be born again. Well, let me define it in two words. You want a theology lesson before you go home today? Here it is. Two words. Saved, lost. Saved, lost. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, know the rest of it, saved. Saved. Don't that sound good? Let's just all say it together, would you? On three. One, two, save. Let's do it again because I just, let's do it. Save. Now let's say that one, lost. Ain't that exciting? Just, let's just say to you, lost. On three. One, two, lost. 
Can't hardly get excited about saying that, can you? Lost. Well, where have you been? Well, I've been lost. Lost? What do you mean lost? Well, I didn't know which way it was back to the house. Lost. Lost. How are you going to get to heaven without Jesus? Which direction will you leave from? What kind of vehicle and fuel are you going to use to get there? Your problem is, you're lost. Say, I don't believe that. (laughs) Really? Stick around. Won't take you long to find that out. About one second after you draw your last breath, you'll find out whether I know what I'm talking about or not. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Just keep right on doing what you're doing. Keep living like you're living. Lost. You know the bad thing about being lost physically? Is it some reason or another you just keep going around and around circles? You're probably not a great outdoorsman like Brother Sean and Andrew. I got lost in the swamps in Louisiana one night. Left a twenty two rifle only laying against a tree. Forgot that rifle was laying there. Grabbed the dogs and we took off back. And we never looked at a compass. Couldn't read one anyhow. We walked and walked and walked and walked. We walked for about two hours. And I said, I think we're lost. And right over there was that 22 lifer leaning against that tree. You must have one leg short than the other one. Because when you get lost in the woods, you'll always walk in a circle. You say, you're stupid. Then why do you need a compass to keep you going in a certain direction? Lost. Without Christ, the compass of eternity. You're just walking around and around. Trying to find purpose. Trying to find happiness. Trying to find joy. Trying to find fulfillment. You'll try it at the bar. You'll try it at the theater. You'll try it at the athletic stadium. You'll try it with a hobby. You'll try it and try it. And eventually, you'll walk into somebody's office and say, my life's a wreck. Because you're lost. Lost. A religious wreck. I got to close. A moral wreck. John chapter 4. She comes to the well every day. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. You remember that? She comes to the well every day. But she does not come when the other ladies come to get water. No. She comes when no one else is there. She comes 
out of embarrassment. She comes because her life is a wreck. She's had five husbands, and the one she's living with now is not her own. And Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I wonder why. Because Jesus cares about wrecks. Regardless if it's a religious wreck or a moral wreck. Jesus loves them. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And he finds a moral wreck. And says to her, Lady, could I have a drink? And she says, The well is deep, and we have nothing to draw with. Jesus said, If you'll ask of me, I'll give you water to drink that you'll never get thirsty again. She said, Sir, give me this water. And it fixed her life. And she went back to town and gathered up all the people she had lived in immorality with and brought them to Jesus and they trusted Christ. What do you do with a life that's on the rocks? A home that is about to fall apart. You bring it to Christ. The Bible said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. You know the rest of it? And I will give you what? Rest. There's a lot of wrecks in the Baptist church. Hmm? A lot of fussing and fighting until we get to the front door of the church and then we turn on that Baptist. <laughs> Hadn't spoken to one another all week long, but we get to church. <laughs> well, why are you so unhappy? That must be the worst person in the world. I'm just waiting till the Tower of Siloam falls on his head. (laughs) What do you do with a wrecked life? You bring it to Christ. What do you do with a religious life that's not happy and empty and void and it's just a sham, an empty life? You must be born again. You say, but I've got my name on the membership roll of the Joshua Baptist Church. So do a lot of other heathens. Just being a member of our church is not going to get you to heaven. You've got to be a member of God's family. A religious wreck, a moral wreck, and then a physical wreck. Chapter 5, there's a pool surrounded by Impotent, lame, sick, hurting people. And Jesus must have known. And he went by. An impotent man lay there daily. 
certain time of the day, the angel of God would come down and trouble the waters. And whoever was in the water first, they were healed. Is that what the... You remember the story. And Jesus looked at this fellow who'd been laying there for months and months and months and said, Well, why aren't you healed? And he said, uh, Lord, somebody beats me to the water every time. Oh, your faith is in the water then. Oh, your faith is in the water. If you can get to the water, you can be healed. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I have no man to help me, so your faith is in the water and in man. Well, won't do me no good to talk to you because I'm just Jesus. I'm just the one who created the water, created the man. Uh, uh, Maybe your faith is in the wrong thing. Where's your faith? Well, I just can't get over this habit I got. Oh, really? Your faith in the habit, is it? You see, the man had his faith in the wrong thing. It was Jesus that did the job. Hmm? Uh, This fellow... Did not have to go take 10 easy lessons on how to get healed. All he needed was Jesus. How many of us call the doctor before we call Jesus? We gripe about how expensive the doctor's is. And we never pray until the doctor said you're ready to die. Pardon me just a minute. I'll just go over here help myself because some of you folk ain't very helpful today. Amen, preacher. Just amen. You need to make sure your first call is to the divine physician. You say, that won't work. No, it won't. Not long. You got that attitude. Can't get in the water. Nobody will help me. Nobody here. Everybody's ahead of me. Nobody, nobody. It's all somebody else's fault. It couldn't be mine. I just wonder now, in closing, you say, oh, I'm sure glad you're closing. Well, don't get so happy. <laughs> Doggone it, you might just bust a scene. All need to be saved the same way. There ain't no Baptist way. There ain't no Pentecost way. There ain't no your way and ain't my way. It's Jesus' way or the highway. That's bottom line. And do you know that your sin, whatever it is, is no worse than my sin, whatever that is. But that does not negate that that sin hung Jesus on the cross. Whether it's lying, abominable, fearful, unbelieving, that's what you need to repent of. 
until you are extremely sorry for your sin and realizing who that sin is against, you'll never come to repentance. And until you repent, you better hope you don't die. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Oh, dear Lord, what a wonderful God we have. He loved the Samaritan woman just as much as he loved Nicodemus. Ain't that a great, big, wonderful God? In closing, don't let your pride send you to hell. Because except ye perish, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. Didn't I read that somewhere? Did I read that somewhere? Did you read that someplace? Except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. And that's how you become a disciple. You repent. Get saved and begin to follow Jesus.